0: This is The Guardian. Just a warning before we start this episode discusses allegations of sexual assault. If that content is distressing for you, keep in mind there is help available. We'll list some support services at the end and on the full story page. But for now, listen with care. I'm Laura Murphy Oates, coming to you from Gadigal Land, and this is The Full Story.
1: My name's Joe Hinchliffe. I'm reporting for Guardian Australia and I've just stepped out of the Queensland Supreme Court and into a media scrum here. There are live crosses happening right now, being broadcast all across the nation.
0: For months, much of Australian media has been covering a case involving an unidentified high-profile man. Then, on Thursday...
1: After a nine-month legal tussle, we are now finally able to tell you that the high-profile man accused of raping a woman in Toowoomba two years ago was Bruce Learman.
0: Bruce Learman, a former Liberal staffer, shot to prominence after being charged with raping Brittany Higgins in Parliament House, to which he pleaded not guilty. That previous case ended in a mistrial due to Dura misconduct, with the charge later dropped. Learman denies all allegations. But... What exactly is he being accused of now? And why was his identity concealed in the first place? Today, the new allegations against Bruce Lerriman. It's Monday, the 30th of October.
2: Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news.
0: can you describe the moment in the courtroom last Thursday when Bruce Larriman's identity was revealed?
1: Well, Laura, there was almost a a moment of disbelief or or shock in the courtroom, which was packed with journalists from every major news organization in Australia, and you know, in many ways it was strange that we should feel surprised because since January we'd been going to hearings into these accusations against Larriman of allegedly raping a woman in Toowoomba. And it had always seemed almost inevitable that we would arrive at this point. But there'd just been so many twists and turns and, you know, throughout this this case, so many delays that had stopped us uh, from naming Lerriman that, you know, we were ready for anything. Everyone jumped straight into action, ran out of the courtroom. You know, us print journos or online journos jumped onto our laptops and and started tapping away. The TV crews set up in front of the courtroom and started broadcasting across the nation what we all knew and had known for nine months was going to be an absolutely huge story.
0: We have some breaking news now. A high-profile man accused of rape who has fought to keep his identity a secret can finally be exposed. Former
2: Liberal Party staffer Bruce Lairman has been revealed as the high-profile man facing rape charges in Queensland.
0: The 28-year-old had his first matter mentioned in the Toowoomba Magistrates Court in January, but his name has been suppressed since then under old Queensland laws. Those laws changed earlier this month and today Mr Lairman's lawyers failed in their bid to keep his identity a secret. So the media has not been able to name Lerriman due to a Queensland law that prevented people charged with sexual assault from being named in the media until they're committed to stand trial. What has it been like covering such a high-profile case where you can't name the person at the centre of it?
1: So it's been totally surreal, uh, very bizarre, unlike anything I've ever covered before. So most of it has played out in the Toowoomba Magistrates Court. You've been getting up at dawn, well, the whole Brisbane press gang really has been getting up at dawn, hitting the Warrigo Highway, driving up to Toowoomba. Um, a lot of these hearings have been extremely procedural, some of them over in under than two minutes. So we were very restricted in what we could say. We filed our piece and then we jumped back into our cars drive back down the highway and uh, await the next hearing. Mm. So until now, largely the only things that we have been able to say is that the case revolves around two charges or two allegations of rape in Toowoomba in October 2021. We couldn't mention who he was other than through euphemisms like high
0: profile Toowoomba men
1: is the phrase that many people have become familiar with exactly that was the that was the euphemism I guess and and there was another one that was used in in the courtroom as well um, uh, he who shall not be named but meanwhile while we in the media could could not name him his name was being used uh, and he was being named on social media and you know, you'd speak to people in the street and uh, and they knew exactly who he was. So it was, a, it was a strange and unique situation. And now that these laws have changed, likely one we won't see happen again anytime soon.
0: So Joe, this law that concealed Larrimans' identity was changed.
1: Why? So Queensland introduced new laws in September to allow the naming of accused sex offenders after they've been charged. Um, and that was because after accepting the recommendations from a Women's Safety and Justice Task Force. The task force found there was no reason to treat those accused of sexual offences differently from those charged with other criminal offences, which allow alleged offenders to be named after they are charged. The change brings Queensland into line with most other states and territories, and, and it took effect earlier this month. But under the legislation, accused offenders can apply for a court interim non-publication order to maintain their anonymity. Uh, Lerman's barrister, Andrew Hoare, sought a non-publication order. And this, of course, set up a legal battle between Lerman and media companies opposed to that non-publication order, which included Guardian Australia and also ABC, Nine, News Corp, um, publications like Network 10. And that battle has been making its way through the courts since the laws came into effect earlier this month.
0: Right. So what were the key arguments for either side, whether Lerman should be identified
1: or not? So Lerman's legal team sought the non-publication order on several grounds, but the main thrust of their argument was that the intense public scrutiny that he would be subject to could deteriorate his mental health and increase the likelihood of his self-harm. Now, however, at, um, at a hearing on 13 October in Toowoomba, Magistrate Claire Kelly, she did acknowledge that um, Lehrman had vulnerabilities, quote, given the events of the last couple of years. But she also noted that he wasn't linked with a mental health professional. He wasn't on a mental health plan. There wasn't any evidence that he was taking medication um, for his mental health. And in the end, she sided with the argument of the barrister Rob Anderson, who was representing the media companies who were fighting this non-publication order. And you know, Anderson said pretty convincingly that, that the portrayal of Laraman that was provided by his defense and by a report uh, by a clinical psychologist, uh, Dr. James Brown, it was really quite incongruent with a man who had conducted a series of primetime extended, really high-profile media interviews after he had been charged for the alleged Toowoomba rape. Bruce? Liam, hey, morning. You ready? Let's light some fires. <clears throat> so, in June, he did a two-part tell-all interview with Channel 7's flagship program, Spotlight, and in those interviews spoke at length about what was described as the trigger event of his deterioration of mental health, which was the accusations brought against him by Brittany Higgins.
0: Everything needs to be out there in the open so people can assess this for what it is.
1: So it was lines like this that that led Anderson to contend that, you know, there was an irony in which Bruce Lehrman was willing to front the media and and speak about a need for transparency in regard to one set of allegations of rape against him. But on the other hand, he didn't want his name associated. He didn't want to talk and front a courtroom in another set of allegations, that being in Toowoomba. Um, And, you know, Anderson told the magistrate, quote, he, and that's Lerman, he wants to be heard everywhere except here, it seems.
0: And this was decisive to the magistrate in the end.
1: Yes. So the magistrate accepted that revealing Lerman's identity would result in intense media scrutiny um, and that would have an impact upon his state of mind. Um, But in the end, decided that the principles of open justice and the public's right to know were very much aligned in this case. And even though this case could result in embarrassing or damaging facts coming to light, that um, that was a sacrifice that had to be made upon the altar of public interest. And I'll quote her here. She says, otherwise, powerful litigants may come to think that they can extract from courts or prosecuting authorities protection greater than that enjoyed by ordinary parties whose problems come before the courts and may be openly reported.
0: Mm, so what I take from that is that Bruce Larriman's lawyers argued that his high profile should have shielded him somewhat from being identified because this attention would be heightened. But the magistrate kind of saw it the other way around. She believed that the law should not offer greater protection for someone who is more high profile like Lerman. Is that correct?
1: Yes. Well, she did specifically say that she wasn't characterising Lerman's bid to remain anonymous as one based purely on his high profile, but she was concerned that it could set a precedent whereby powerful or people with a high profile um, could be afforded greater protection from the law than ordinary people. Mm. So that non-publication order was unsuccessful, but before it could be lifted, Lerman's lawyers immediately uh, sought a judicial review of that decision. And while that review played out in the Supreme Court, the temporary uh, non-publication order remained in place and we in the media, still couldn't name Larriman until it was lifted in Supreme Court on Thursday.
0: Mm. What was said in the Supreme Court for that lifting of the suppression order?
1: Okay, so the judge, Peter Applegarth, said that, you know, it appears due to these high-profile media interviews that Larriman felt well enough to engage with public discussion um, about allegations of rape and that there was no evidence provided uh, by his defence that would explain on one hand, why he was capable of talking about it in the media, but incapable of talking about it in a courtroom. Mm. And that led to what was one of the spicier quotes of the day from the justice who said, a cynic might say, I hope Channel 7 paid him or his solicitors a lot of money for the consequences it had on his application, if nothing else.
0: Next. What to expect as the case against larriman unfolds. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, UnitedHealthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.
2: Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Joe, now
0: that Lerman has been identified, what is next for this rape case?
1: Well, there's the matter of costs. Both the media's legal team and the police prosecution have said that they will pursue costs. So that will have to be dealt with in the Supreme Court. But then it gets back to the actual allegations themselves. And that will play out in the Toowoomba Magistrates' Court. The next committal hearing is set for the first of November. Mm. But Already, we're starting to see details of the allegations start to emerge and no doubt the alleged events um, that occurred in Toowoomba will will now be the focus of the reporting as this picture starts to unfold and and most likely the the case gets underway in earnest. Mm -hmm. But of course, this won't be the only case in which Larriman's name will be splashed across headlines and and read on on news bulletins. He's also suing Network 10, the journalist uh, Lisa Wilkinson and the ABC over broadcasts he says defamed him by falsely alleging he raped uh, Brittany Higgins. And that that defamation trial is expected to kick off in November.
0: Mm -hmm. Could these previous Brittany Higgins allegations complicate this new trial? Because I imagine that Jurors could already be aware of all of this if they've read the news in the past few years.
1: Well, I think there's no doubt that Lerriman is a household name in Australia entirely because of the allegations made against him by Brittany Higgins and uh, that it could affect um, the jury body was an argument made by Larriman's lawyers uh, when they sought to maintain a non-publication order that would have kept his identity secret. But the magistrate in Toowoomba who very definitively dismissed those arguments, said that there were several ways that a court could deal with that notoriety, one of which was to have a judge-only trial in which a jury wouldn't come into it at all.
0: With the idea being that a judge would not be affected or influenced by the national media coverage of Bruce Lerriman over the past few years.
1: Right, yeah, and also because the judge knows his identity regardless of a non-publication order being in place or not.
0: So, Joe, the law change in Queensland means that the treatment of defendants is now similar in rape cases to other criminal charges. Why was there a different standard in the first place?
1: Well, that is a great question, Laura. Until these laws were changed, people charged with sexual assault in Queensland were essentially afforded a right to privacy that people charged with murder uh, or any other crime Mm. Now, proponents of the old way of doing things um, said that the law was such because of the nature of sexual assault, which, you know, occurs often in private places without witnesses. And as a result, um, people accused of sexual assault should not have their names and their reputations uh, tarnished until a case could be established before a courtroom. Those who championed these news laws say that that kind of attitude is a throwback to old tropes and rape myths that make women feel shamed and create an unequal justice system.
0: This is still an issue in other places, for example, in Northern Territory, where a similar law still exists. Would you say what we've seen in Queensland is part of a broader shift towards centering the rights of complainants in sexual assault trials? I think changing quite a bit.
1: Well, I'd say absolutely it is. And you only need to look to Grace Tame being Australian of the Year in in 2021 for her championing of the rights of uh, victims of sexual assaults to have their voices heard. Um, And it's not just me saying this. We heard in court that the police prosecutor, the barrister for the media companies, and the magistrate herself acknowledged that in this specific case, the alleged victim in Toowoomba Wanted Larriman to be identified, that hers was not a passive voice, it was an active voice, and that she shouldn't be silenced, she should be listened to.
0: That was Joe Hinchliffe, a freelance reporter. You can read his latest reporting on this case titled How Bruce Larriman's Media Interviews Cost Him His Anonymity in Toowoomba Rape Case at theguardian.com. If the content of this episode has affected you, information and support is available in Australia at 1-800-RESPECT. That's 1-800-737-732. That's it for today. This episode was produced by Karishma Luthria, sound design and mixing by Joe Koning. who also did our theme music. The executive producer is Hannah Parks. I'm Laura Murphy-Oates. Thanks for listening.
2: Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time